grounded. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a hurricane in the uh, coming up into the Gulf of Mexico, and uh, you know I was looking at the isobar map of uh, of the area, and I guess what pushes the hurricanes from uh, east to west, even though prevailing winds are from west to east, is Dr. Ben Franklin taught us what 200 plus years ago. The, it's the trade winds at the, at the uh, tropics that go in the opposite direction and push these storms over. And a lot of times, the the big high pressure that sits over Bermuda, they call it the Bermuda High. You, you've heard of that. You probably thought that was some kind of marijuana experience. <laughs> no, it's actually a weather phenomenon. So the 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 storms are low pressure. So they're they're uh, they're not as dense as high pressure air. High pressure air is usually cooler, and so it's denser, and so it can push a low pressure area uh, around it, or the low pressure area will move around it. And so, but it looks like there's some high pressures uh, areas coming from the the central United States down into the Gulf area, and we'll see if that's going to push it towards us, or if the Bermuda High is going to push it more towards the Panhandle. We are in the Tampa Bay area, as you may or may not know. Now, if you're listening from outside of this area, we've got Hurricane, what is it, Ian? Ian? Ian, Ian I think. Is it Ian or Ian? I'm not sure. Ian. I've always liked that name, so I'm friendly with it. I'm okay. But uh, <laughs> in order to be prepared, uh, you need to move to higher ground, of course. Uh, and if it's going to be a Category 4 or 5, you better get out of town. We've got one doctor at the hospital, and uh, everywhere he goes, he always leaves when there's a hurricane coming, and wherever he goes, that's where the hurricane in, ends up hitting. <laughs> so so we always ask him, hey, hey TJ, where are you going? <laughs> so if he's going out of town, we know the hurricane's not coming here. Well, right but now, the, the U.S. models have it going kind of towards the Big Bend area, up north, north, near the Panhandle, and yeah. uh, the European model still has it coming right into Sarasota. Yeah, and, you, you know, to be prepared, uh, you should have a few things on hand, like uh, flashlights and uh, some food, water. Uh, of course, you'll need some equipment to sleep with if you're leaving home and you're going to somebody's house higher up. What we do, Ken, is we just go to the office because at our house here, we're at, uh, I don't know, we're maybe at 20 at uh, 12, 10, 8 feet, and then at the office, it's 27 feet. So that's a significant difference when you're talking about storm surge. And uh, I think that the the number one thing is to get out of the uh, storm surge area. That's the big threat. I mean, the, the wind damage is, is going to be bad, but uh, what kills people largely and what destroys homes largely are storm surges, as you may or may not know. How far back will that hit? See, I'm not I'm, like a lot of people around here now. I'm new to the area. Never well, been through a hurricane. If you have a storm surge, let's say we had a big surge of 14 or 15 feet. If you're at 27 feet, it's not going to get to you. Now, the streets are going to be flooded, uh, of course, and, and that's the big problem in our area. Even if there's just a storm surge of five or six feet, you, you won't be able to get out of here because Gulfport is so low. And some of the streets are actually uh, lower than the than the surrounding areas. So then the streets become uh, soup bowls and you can't get through it unless you've got, uh, you know, some kind of military equipment. So that that's the problem. So if you're 25, 30 feet up, you'll, you'll be OK. 
Now, when the storm came a few years ago that we were all worried and it looked like it was going to barrel right into us, it actually went uh, south of us and around us and came back <laughs> north of us. Uh, I was over at the station and uh, broadcasting and, and helping out, helping Barb out and Joe and everybody. And uh, I, I talked Barbara into closing the station down because that's only at six or eight feet uh, height there. Uh, you know, near the airport in Tampa. So that that was really a potential if there was a storm surge for the uh, station to be hit. Fortunately, the storm went around us. Now, you may say, why do we not get hit more often? I mean, we're we're right in the middle of it. And, uh, you know, we're a peninsula on the peninsula. We're sticking out like a sore thumb. Yeah, Tampa's had an incredible record of not being hit. And you know what they say, that the there are Indian mounds in the area, uh, some right down at the tip of Pinellas uh, County, and uh, over on the on the uh, Gulf side of Pinellas County, there are some Indian mounds, and they say they're sacred, but you know what they are. You know what these Indian mounds are. The Indians, the native, so-called Native Americans, of course, nobody's native to America, but the so-called Native Americans would come down and fish, and they probably did it for, you know, 500 or 1,000 years. And so they figured out the areas that got least hit by storms, and one of the areas was South Pinellas County. And so they would stay for the season, summer, fall, whatever, and, and fish and gather and dry out their food and do whatever the Indians did back then, Native Americans did back then. And uh, then at the end of the season, you know, they piled up all their garbage into a heap and they'd throw dirt on it. And so those sacred mounds are garbage heaps. <laughs> <laughs> the first garbage dump in the U.S., huh? Yeah, but, but the thing is, Ken, is this tells us uh, some historic, gives us some historical perspective because it tells us that people have been coming to this area for 500 to 1,000 years and fishing during the summer and fall season when when the uh, storms uh, act up and that it must be pretty safe because they kept coming back. So we've got some history. So we're in a hurricane hole. We're, we're sacred. Uh, the gods are smiling upon us, and uh, <laughs> they're going to keep us safe. And I don't know why, but we have not had a direct hit here, in, I think, since, what, 1920-something. Has it been that long? I thought it was like back in the 60s. I don't, I'm, like I said, I don't know. I'm not from the area. So. The last storm that actually hit head on. Now, there was a no-name storm back in the 80s. Uh, that uh, was probably a Category 1, but it, it came up so fast, and it was right off the off the coast here in Pinellas County, Florida. Again, we're the peninsula of the peninsula, in case you don't know where we are and who we are. So we're in southwest Florida. And it came up right, I mean, like, you know, five miles offshore and moved in rapidly. So it it, it, it did some damage, but it was never declared a hurricane, I, I guess because... The winds, uh, once it hit shore, never never got over, what is it, 54 miles per hour, whatever it is. 45-something like that? I don't know what it is. No. Whatever the Buford scale is or the Simpson scale. I, I can't remember which scale. Is that Homer using. Simpson? Yeah, yeah, something, something like that. <laughs> so, How many of these things have you been through? Oh, probably a half dozen over the years. Uh, Hilton Head, uh, I was there when one of the storms hit, and down here, a few storms here and there. Um, but the uh, the scariest thing is a tornado. <laughs> that, that 
that will make you stop and think. Now, the hurricanes, the problem is, is if it's like a category or two or three, it's going to do a lot of damage. But if you're in a fairly safe place, the main thing is it's just howling and howling and howling, and it's endless. It's hours of this, you know, if, especially if you have a slow-moving storm. Uh, and then it spins off tornadoes. Tornadoes come out of the hurricanes. You probably didn't know that. Well, it makes perfect sense. Things and, already going in a circle anyway, so. Yeah, and and so then you have uh, you have secondary storms that come out, and you can see the damage they do because basically you, you've got these ultra low pressure, two hundred mile per hour, two hundred fifty mile per hour hurt, uh, tornadoes that are spinning around, and they just blow up everything in their path. And uh, I, I got to tell you, when I was in the tornado back in the seventies, when I was a freshman in medical school, it was amazing to see. Uh, what damage that funnel cloud could do. There was one subdivision, Ken, that was up on a hill just just uh, on, on the uh, north side of town, uh, not quite to the river, but, but close to the Ohio River. And it was a brand new subdivision, about 200 homes, uh, brick, two-story, you know, upper middle class neighborhood. And the landscaping hadn't grown up, so the tornado could set right down. There were no trees to keep it up. Our neighborhood had a lot of old oak elm trees and uh, so we didn't have as much damage when it passed it passed one block down from my house and took my storm my screen door ripped up all the trees in my yard everything in my room disappeared i mean the windows blew out because of the low pressure so if your windows are closed in your house and your doors are closed the low pressure system outside uh, will affect the higher pressure in the house and the windows will explode the roof will come off, and and so that's basically what happened at my house. But uh, this one subdivision, Ken, every single house—I mean, every house was down. Every one, they were all flat. And my uh, <clears throat> my lab partner, her husband, was at home. Their house was up on a hill on Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, one of the newspaper guys from the Courier Journal, Louisville Times was riding around, uh, weaving his way through fallen trees and taking pictures. And there's my uh, my classmate's husband sitting on the front stoop of his house. And you know what was behind him? His no. house his house was lower than he was. <laughs> the house blew up wow. and fell down. It was a single story home, and he was higher than the house, sitting on the stoop. Wow. Yeah, they're, they're they're not they're unforgiving tornadoes. Yeah, oh, well, the hurricanes aren't nice either. Don't get me wrong. And they're they're quite frightening because of not only the wind but the storm surge. So, what do you need to be prepared? But well, you've got you've got evacuation time with a hurricane. You don't get that much with a tornado. No, you don't get much especially like in Louisville that I mean, I was asleep. I was I had infectious mononucleosis, which is a an adolescent young adult infection and you know, it's the kissing disease, so called. And uh I was really fatigued, and so I had left school early and went home, and I was laying down taking a nap. Fortunately, the tornado came through right before rush hour started and right before the kids got out of school, but there was no warning. There was no warning, and when I woke up, I, I could not hear. I, it was roaring. I didn't know what was going on, and uh, I went downstairs. I opened the front door, and the trees in my yard that were, you know, 50 years old, uprooted, 
dropped and my screen door went sailing away and people started screaming when the storm when the tornado passed and i looked at it my leg it was cut i wasn't hurt that bad though but you know i bled a little bit for the cause still a pretty scary experience i bet well, more confusing because I had come out of a dead sleep to to my windows blowing out and everything in my room disappeared. You know, I had like a, a hanging basket of plants and books and everything gone. <laughs> I mean, gone, baby. Where'd you go? It's like a Which, decompression on an aircraft. Yeah, you know, yeah. There, it was. There, I lost all my textbooks that were in the room. Hmm. Dang, I had to go steal some more. <laughs> Terrible. Okay, so what do you need in your kit? Well, of course, you're going to need flashlights, and, and you can get the LEDs that'll last a long time. Uh, uh, get some battery-operated radios so you, so you can have an emergency radio and matches, first aid kit. Duct tape, buddy. Duct tape. For Duct everything. tape? Duct tape. You never know when the wife's going to drive you completely crazy. <laughs> and... <laughs> I mean, if you're in a confined space with the woman, you got to do something to defend yourself. I made it through the uh, pandemic without the duct tape. I think we could get through the storm. Well, actually, you know, you can use it for a number of things like uh, mending, uh, mending torn objects, uh, holding plastic down. If you making a tent, uh, if you if your if your living quarters are destroyed completely, you got to do something to to get out of the weather at night. Of course, you need a, a, some way to tell time. Uh, plastic garbage bags are good. Scissors, can opener. Don't forget a change of underwear, clean clothes, some extra blankets, some gloves, uh, because you never know. I mean, you may end up having to uh, go through garbage that uh, is contaminated. You need bottled water. Bring some coolers if you got them. Canned food. Uh, bring your doggy and some dog food and and if your dog has uh, a fear of storms, you better bring, you know, one of those, uh, what do they call those, storm jackets? Have you seen those? I have not. For dogs, what's 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 inside of those things? It, it's a jacket that goes over their front uh, legs and around their chest, their thorax, and uh, and you tighten it up real tight, and it makes them feel more secure. It makes them feel like they're being held. Um, oh, okay. I tried that with my son for a couple of years. I guess that's why he didn't turn out so good. <laughs> and, then, and and your prescriptions, as a matter of fact. In fact, I was looking at mine just yesterday and said, I got to get these filled before Thursday. Yeah, and, and Ken, the other thing you need to do is uh, get all your outdoor furniture inside. Anything that's going to go sailing away, get it, get it in. Um, the garages down here should have the... Uh, the storm bars across them, so they should be relatively safe. So you close your garage door, um, fill your gas up, or charge your electric car, as in my case. Get furniture away from windows. Anything that you really value, make sure it's up high or bring it with you. Of course, don't forget your paperwork. If you've got your your passport and your uh, your will and, and your birth certificate and all that crap. Make sure it's somewhere safe or bring it with you. I understand it's good to videotape everything you got in the house for insurance purposes. I'm too lazy. <laughs> I don't want to do that. They can, they can have it. The storm can take it. All right. Now, what I would do is when the storms would come is I'd always put out uh, an offering to the storm god. So I'd get something, uh, you know, big and heavy like a pot, a potted plant or something, and I'd stick it out in the yard. And uh, hopefully the gods would take that and leave me alone. <clears throat> it didn't really work that well, but I keep trying it. Well, Doc, 
I'm surprised you made it through that tornado you were telling me about because it was really scary sounding. It's really scary. Amazing. Now, you've been through hurricanes and a tornado. Which is scarier? Was it a tornado? Well, briefly, it's a lot scarier. Yeah, okay. If you're a block away from it, you know, you think that you're not going to make it. Uh, In a hurricane, you've got several hours. uh, But remember that the deadliest storm in the United States was the Galveston storm back at the turn of the last century. I'm sorry, Ken, I got a frog in my throat. I hope I don't sound too bad. No, no. clear your throat out there, buddy. And uh, I think there was like ten or 15,000 people killed in that, or two or 3,000. Several thousand people died in that storm. What year was that, approximately? 1900, 1901. Oh, okay. Like so way before satellites and all that now. Yeah, yeah. Now, there were some storms in the uh, late 20th century uh, in the Caribbean that I think killed ten, fifteen thousand 15,000 people. But uh, we've been fairly fortunate that we haven't had any really big kills, a few hundred people here and there. And they say a thousand people died in New Orleans, but I think half of the body count were the bodies that floated out of the above ground graves. You know? <laughs> That's true. They're very, and, and so the, uh, they're not buried know, the, real deep there, are they? N- no, they, everything's above ground because, yeah. you know, dig down a foot, you're, you're in water. <clears throat> and, uh, of course in, in New Orleans, you want to exaggerate everything so you can get more federal money. <laughs> Of course. Now, if you if you got some medical alert tags, be sure to put them on. If you've got your uh, first alert, put that on. Don't forget insect repellent and uh, sunscreen because you may end up being out in the elements if you lose your house and everything. Get your over-the-counter medications. Get the kids' medications, but you can leave the kids at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, come on, Doc. Be nice. Oh, yeah. Take, them take with the you. kids with you. But, you know, on TV – they're more concerned about taking care of your dog than they are the kids. <laughs> well, the doggies important too. They are important. I wouldn't leave my little Sammy there. <clears throat> Don't forget things like feminine hygiene items, soap, your prescription medications, a little emergency kit, you know, bandages and thermometer, tweezers, all that kind of stuff. Uh, don't forget you're going to have to water your pets and your kids, so bring extra water for them. Uh, don't forget a crate for your doggy and leash, collar, favorite toys, blanket or toy. That's for the dog. <laughs> uh, don't My dog's to... 14. He just needs a place to sleep. That's all he needs. There you go. Well, you can just stick him in the back of the car. He'll be happy. Um, so all the things that you usually need for your dog, don't forget to take that. There are storm shelters uh, in the area. I don't think they're announcing any openings yet. And you can get sandbags. Did you know that? Yeah, I saw they're being, uh, you got to load a bump yourself. They're not sitting there waiting for you to take. You got to shovel the sand yourself. So be prepared yeah. to work a little bit and bring your own shovel. But yeah, they are getting, they are available now, I guess, in a lot of locations. Well, I was working in the garage yesterday and my next door neighbor, Steve, uh, he actually works for a company that does uh, storm damage remediation and uh, fire and, you know, kind of like uh, what, what Serve Pro. Only a, the competition to serve pro. So they come in and clean up, right? Yeah, I forget the name of it. And so he was driving by and he said, hey, Doc. I said, yes, Steve. He says, you want some sandbags? I said, sure. And so uh, he had gotten a bunch of sandbags up at Home Depot. He got there early. And uh, then he said, well, we probably ought to get some for Bob, my other next door neighbor. And I said, and we probably need some for the clubhouse, too, you know, to because if you have a little surge, it's uh, you, you can keep some of the water out and keep the damage down. Put put down some plastic, put down some sandbags at the doors and at the garage, and 
on the back patio, that sort of thing. So you know what we did? We were headed up to uh, back to Home Depot to see if there were any left, and we stopped at an Ace Hardware, Ken. And uh, I said, you guys got any sandbags? Yeah. So we got 20 <laughs> bags there. And then there was another Ace Hardware down the street. We went down there, got more. So we didn't even have to go to Home Depot, and they were already bagged up. Well, so that's great. We're loaded, we're loaded up, baby. If you want sandbags, you can come to my house. <laughs> so sandbags, uh, I think I pretty much hit all the high points. Anything else we need to talk about? Main thing is get up high. Get as high as you can. And if we get to a Category 5 and it starts to turn our way, I'm sure they will tell you to get out of town. Yeah, but by then it's probably too late because, oh, you know, yeah. if you if you got a Category 5 barreling down and you haven't gotten out within a, a couple of days of the ahead of the storm, for instance, my friend Al, he took off in the last storm that was supposed to hit us that actually went around Tampa Bay, you know, that I convinced Barb to close the station down. And uh, so he took off. And <laughs> He was at the Florida-Georgia border for 12 hours. 12 hours at the border. It was so packed up, tried to get up to Atlanta. And uh, I think he finally got up there, but by that time, the storm had already passed. That's why, it yeah. He's, it didn't even hit us. But he's and alive. Guess, he he was alive at the end of it all. So. Well, guess where it went? To Atlanta. It went to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, baby. I love it. And people say, are you going to leave? I say, hell no, I ain't leaving. I'll just, you know, I'll figure it out. I'll go ahead and get up high. Our building, our office building is a pretty heavy block, and uh, we've got a jip deck roof, and we've got these little narrow uh, hurricane-proof windows that don't open up, and we've got a breezeway that's partially covered, so we just pull the cars under there, and that cuts down on some of the flying debris hitting them. Of course, it's a wind tunnel, so we'll see what happens. But it was really cool in the last storm. That I think it was three or four years, five years ago, we just got grazed, you know, with the that came around us. Um, at one in the morning, one a.m. in the morning, uh, we are out in the middle of the of 38th Avenue North, right halfway between the office building and St. Pete General Hospital. And 38th Avenue is a pretty busy street, you know. There's 30,000 cars a day that go down that street. At any rate, so we're out there, the kids and Dr. Gary and me. And we're watching these uh, transformers, you know, the big brown transformers on the telephone poles? They tend to blow up in storms, yes. Have you ever seen them at night? Yeah, a couple, yeah. They are drop-dead gorgeous. They are beautiful. The copper oxidizes, and you get this kind of blue-green teal color, and it looks like a sunrise. It looks like an alien sunrise. It's really gorgeous. And so we were watching the uh, the transformers blow. And the power lines come down, making all kinds of sparks. It was kind of fun. <laughs> well, you know what? Every time there was a tornado warning near my house back in Chicago, everybody in the neighborhood came out to take a look for the tornado. <laughs> they didn't run to their basements. They went outside. They want to see the tornado. <laughs> I want to see a tornado. <laughs> That's right. Well, here, have one. <laughs> so at any rate, we beat up on that enough. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I think if this high-pressure system comes down from the Midwest, uh, it might push it back towards us. But who knows? It might it might go up to the panhandle. And, you know, nobody really deserves it more than those people up in the panhandle. <laughs> what do you got against the panhandle there, Doc? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's not fair to give it to Mississippi all the time. That's true. And New Orleans has had their share for a while. You know, Hurricane Camille in 68, that was the— the, one of the few Category 5 storms to actually hit the United States. It was 
that, and I think Andrew were the only two true Category 5s that had made landfall in the United States, uh, at least in our lifetime. All so right. that, that that that's fascinating. And that a lot of the uh, hurricane data and research started with Camille. And uh, we drove through there about four or five years after that hurricane hit uh, in Biloxi area. It looked like somebody had taken a scouring pad to a, a, a pot, a pan, and just scoured the earth bare. There wasn't anything there. It was amazing. Some palm trees were coming back. And that went back about a mile from the shore. It's pretty pretty impressive. Well, there's some places maybe people shouldn't live, and that's how we learn. You know, you don't build a house in a flood zone. You're not going to make me leave Florida. <laughs> <laughs> well, not the whole state, but just off the coast a little bit. You do it, baby. I'm staying right here. Hey, I'm in Sun City. That's one of the higher, one of the higher places in the area, from what I've been told. That's why. So, they, uh, that's why they put it there. Yeah, yep. That's a good place to be because you're up. Yep. Any rate, we beat that up enough. So uh, the wife's asking me about one of our patients who has a thickened heart, hypertrophic, which means that the cells of the heart or the organ that that you're looking at are enlarged without additional cells or without a tumor. It's just an enlargement of the native uh, muscle cells in the heart. And she said, well, he doesn't have high blood pressure. Why is his heart thickened? Usually we see the heart thicken up with high blood pressure over a period of time. And we don't like that because it makes it hard for the heart to relax and, uh, and allow blood in. And then you, although you can still squeeze, you can't fill up enough. So when you try to do anything, you get short of breath and have chest pain and that sort of thing. But there are some rare genetic diseases called hypertrophic cardiomyopathies, and that's a genetic phenomena. And uh, you can have the heart diffusely enlarged, or you can have certain areas of the heart, like the outflow tract, where the blood flows from the big pumping chamber, the left ventricle, out into the aorta, which is the big artery that goes to the body. And uh, so you can have an obstruction there and decrease flow and you can pass out. And uh, if the heart's thick and irritable, uh, you can have bad heart rhythms that, that can, can cause sudden heart, sudden death, cardiac death, sudden heart death, because you go into these bad rhythms of ventricular arrhythmias, uh, ventricular tachycardia, and then fibrillation. And uh, if you go into fibrillation, you don't have an effective heartbeat, Ken, and then you die from that. And so, what we look for, and because we had a patient like like this, and he actually has a, a defibrillator, you know what those are. Yeah, you put those inside, don't you? A surgical yeah. thing. It's a big wire that goes into the right side of the heart. You put it down in the right ventricle because you can get to the right side easily from the from the veins, from the big veins in, in the body. Uh, the left side's a little trickier, and you don't want to put anything down through the aorta and the aortic valve because then you have a lot of problems, and the left ventricle is pretty irritable. It doesn't like being bothered. Uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty yeah, it, you know, it's kind of a kind of an old curmudgeon. But the right ventricle is kind of dumb, and you can trick that. So at any rate, we we stick the wire into the muscle of the right ventricle, and it's got uh, sensors on it, little little microchips uh, back in the pacemaker defibrillator part of it, which is under the skin in your chest by the big vein that we go through. And so what it what it does is it senses if there's a rhythm disturbance, and if there is, and it goes so many beats abnormally, then it'll deliver a shock to the heart and uh, try and convert you back into a normal sinus rhythm. So this, this is a big deal because uh, 
And these are, you know, these are the kids that are playing football and they're teenagers, young adults, and they drop dead. You've heard of that. Um, they're out on the field and all of a sudden they keel over. Right. That's always the first thing. They were perfectly healthy. We don't understand. That was usually the first thing they say. So I think that the main thing that you have to think of is, uh, is there a family history? Have there been any episodes of passing out? Uh, have you had any <clears throat> extra heartbeats or funny heart rhythms? Uh, have you had chest pain with activity, especially in a younger person? If you have typical heart pain with activity, then you have to think, well, maybe the the flow of blood out of the left ventricle into the aorta is being partially blocked. And remember that the arteries to the heart come right off the root of the aorta, right where it comes out of the left ventricle. So if you have decreased flow there, you're not going to get that backflow. It's sort of like uh, you, you got a hose that's shooting into a, a, a tube, but the tube is... Uh, actually smaller than all of the blood that the hose can shoot into it. And so some of that blood will kind of uh, shower back and go down into these little crevices where the arteries come off and feed the heart muscle. So if you don't have the adequate flow, you're not going to get that backflow into the into these uh, little areas that, that the arteries for the heart come off of it in the root, the, the base of the aorta. The aorta is that big uh, blood vessel. So So we look for that. And we also look for a blended increase in your blood pressure rise when, you, when you're doing activity. So we put you on the treadmill. You know, when you do activity, your top number should go up. Your systolic blood pressure should go up. So let's say resting, you're at 130 and you're doing exercise. It should go up to 150 or 160 if you're a healthy guy your age, kind of young guy like you. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, so we look for heart rhythm disturbances. We look for abnormal rises in blood pressure. We look for passing out. We look for, uh, we listen for murmurs. We do genetic testing. Uh, we take a family history. And uh, this is how we determine whether or not you have a hypertrophic, that is uh, an enlarged heart not caused by high blood pressure. Now there are a few other things that can do it. There's a disease called uh, cardiac heart amyloid. Amyloid is a protein that can be made or collected or retained abnormally in people with kidney disease and kidney failure. And then there's also some inherited disorders. But uh, so this guy has a hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And so we'll need to, uh, to keep an eye on him and talk to the family. And uh, we can use a few drugs. We don't have a lot of good treatment, beta blockers, calcium channel blockers for the heart rhythm and to try and relax the heart a little bit. Um, you can you can do some surgery. You can inject alcohol into if you have a focal area of enlargement. Now alcohol. you're talking my language, Doc. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. So you, we just pop a can of Heinekens and shoot it right <laughs> into the heart muscle. Yes, you know everybody's happy. I don't know. You, know. you got one happy heart. That's right. But you know, ultimately, a lot of uh, these people who have real bad hypertrophic cardiomyopathies, they have to have a heart transplant. So oh. that's. That's not fun, and, and even though you might get 20, 30 more years, you're probably going to not lead a, the fullest life, but, hey, something's better than nothing, Ken. You know what is fun, Doc? Taking a break. Taking a break, talking about a question. Are you ready for your question today? I am ready. All right, then, ladies and gentlemen. We've been talking about uh, the hurricane that's uh, going to be heading our way, uh, hopefully not too close for the next few days. Doc's been through several hurricanes. But he's also through another storm. 
that really, really kind of scared him just a little bit. What kind of storm did the doc go through? If you know, be the first caller with the correct answer at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. First caller with the correct answer wins. Are you ready for this? Two, Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. Again, 877-969-8600. Call now with the correct answer. All right, Doc, we'll see you in a few minutes. We'll see you in a few minutes, buddy. And, uh, hey, don't forget, uh, that first caller on the line probably didn't hear the whole question. So <laughs> Then they All won't right, have the right we'll answer. Be right back. I'm Dr. Bill. Here's the latest from the Answer News Center. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. All eyes in Florida turn to the south and out to sea as Tropical Storm Ian comes through the Caribbean. It is expected to continue getting stronger and turn into a hurricane in coming days. And all forecast tracks put it coming ashore somewhere in the state of Florida eventually. Governor Ron DeSantis is declaring a statewide emergency, says all Floridians should be getting ready now. The onset of autumnal weather in Ukraine is making fields too muddy for tanks and beginning to cloud Ukrainian efforts to take back more Russian-held territory before the winter freezes the battlefields. The clock is ticking now for both sides. And Canadian troops are being sent to assist the recovery from the devastation of Storm Fiona, which swept away houses and knocked out power in much of Canada's Atlantic provinces. This is SRN News. AM860, The Answer. Listen on our website, theanswertampa.com, on 100.3 FM, W229DJ, Dunedin, by downloading the Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare Clinic, offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727 384 When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. 
The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour. Only on AM860, The Answer. Today will be partly sunny with a thunderstorm around in the afternoon. Potential for impacts from a hurricane this week. The high will be 89. Tonight, a thunderstorm in spots in the evening, otherwise mainly clear, with a low 76. Tomorrow, partly sunny with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon. The high will be 89. That's your Accurate the Forecast. I'm Garrett Beck for AM860, The Answer. I'm irreplaceable, but different one. Since I was born, I was the chosen one. Every time I speak, this is Dr. Bill. Got Ken by my side. We're doing the show today. And again, I'm sorry about last week that uh, I wasn't able to broadcast. I did my best, though, Ken. Um, I'm going to have to figure out something a little bit more foolproof or not go on any more cruises. You know what? I don't want to go on any more cruises. I want to. Why, why not just fly to Cozumel and stay there? There you go. Sure. That's that's easier. Cruises are nice, though. Yeah, they're they're nice, but they're, you know, way overrated. Yeah. Anyway. We got a winner, sure. Doc. We got a winner? We have a winner. Who we got? We have, let's see, Harold Rowe of Sarasota is our winner. He's going to get the um, two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. For answering our question correctly, and the question always deals with something we talked about in the first half of the show, and today's question was storm-related. Doc's been through quite a few hurricanes living in Florida for all these years, of course, but he's back in school. He went through another kind of really scary storm. Doc, what was it? Uh, was that the first or the second marriage? Oh, no, I mean, tornado. <laughs> tornado. <laughs> went through a tornado. And, went through uh, a tornado, baby. Congratulations to... Howard Rowe. Howard was our first caller with the correct answer. So, and everybody Howard, called in. We thank you. Buddy. We appreciate you. And uh, Ken will get me your address and information. We'll get you a mug out this week. Uh, absolutely. Hopefully before the hurricane hits. Two mugs. All right. So uh, did you hear the, the the Russians are calling up 300,000 uh, men? They're they're reinstituting the draft in Russia. And people first are running time. for the And people are running for the borders so fast you can't believe it. Yeah, and you know what? This is the first draft they've had since World War II. No kidding. No kidding. Okay. They went through now, Afghanistan we, without a draft. Huh? We had one back with Vietnam, but I don't think they had one with Afghanistan. Yeah. I think they just used their regular army. Um, but uh, Finland shut the border between, you know, Finland and Russia have a border at the uh, very, that would be the northwest corner of European Russia. And Finland, of course, is on the uh, on the peninsula there. It, it touches Russia, and the Russians and the Finns have uh, mixed it up a few times. And so the Finns, uh, by the way, are joining NATO. Did you know that? I heard, yes. And so they shut the, the border down because all these Russian kids are streaming over the border. I think several thousand made it over before they shut the border down. They're going to Mongolia. They're going to the Kazakhstans and the Uzbekistans or whatever stands are out there. They're, <laughs> they're heading out, baby. Um, Absolutely. They're getting the— Heck out of Dodge. They're getting the heck out of Dodge. And, uh, I, you know, this, this is, uh, I said it last fall that I think this is going to be a, a major international conflict. And I, I hope not, Ken, but it sure looks like the Russians are pushing for it. And, you know, they're threatening to this. If you interfere, if the United States comes in, we'll use nuclear. Oh, I got to tell you, I met this woman on the cruise and she works at the ordnance plant. She's a, uh, a contractor. She's been there for 25 or 30 years. I don't know which company she works for. In Indiana, you know, they have a big uh, munitions area there, and they they do uh, they make bombs, and they also do research. And uh, 
she was telling me some of the ins and outs and details and and she said, you know, there, there's nobody that's a match for us when it comes to armaments. Although the Russians and the Chinese now have these hypersonic uh, uh, missiles. You've heard about those. Well, every missile is hypersonic. Well, uh, shells or whatever. That, you know, at any rate, they come in faster than than uh, a cruise missile would. A cruise missile is, is supersonic, but these are, you know, like 5,000 miles an hour rather than 2,500 miles an hour. So it's harder to, uh, you pick them up on the radar later and uh, shooting them down is a little tougher. And she said, we're behind on that, but everything else we're ahead of. And I said, yeah, I think it's it's pretty interesting. And we were talking about the killer subs, which I've talked about before, that we have following all the Russian nuclear subs around. <laughs> And she said, you're right, you know, well, just one little message and we can take their whole nuclear fleet out and, and their whole submarine fleet out in, a, in an eye blink. So, Hey, Doc, we yeah. have got the captain on the phone. Oh, my God, the captain. Is what, he gone nu- nuclear? I think he wants to talk about the hurricane a little bit. I think he has some facts we maybe have uh, brushed over. Correct, Captain, are you there? Yeah, and I know a lot about nuclear. I lived in a fire district that had three nuclear I can't plants. can't hear him. I lived in a fire district that had three nuclear plants in it. Okay. All right. Now, now let me enter. Now, now I go in the dark. Okay. I want to mention. <laughs> I want to mention to the people that uh, AM 860, AM 930, FM 93.7, and more than likely the Faith Talk station will be getting the coverage that we're going to be doing when we uh, start my show going live because storms never hit in the middle of the day. They always seem to want to hit at night, and who's on at night? Yours truly. So we are going to exercise all of the assets that we have, which not only includes the uh, Salem Radio Network, but it includes my membership as a radio communications operator with the emergency operations people. And I'm talking about the amateur radio operators. I'll have my radio in there. I'll be getting direct messages, as was always done, to people that have heard uh, me do this, along with Roger Shulman and others, know what I'm talking about. We'll be up to the minute with everything that's going on. So if they want to know, this is where they need to go to listen. Very important information. Thank you, Captain. Thank you, Thanks, and Captain. God bless America. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, sir. No, that's true. you got to know where to go to get it. So we're gonna... can. God bless us, too. That's right. Um, so uh, meanwhile, in Iran... Now, you've heard of Iran, Iran, Iran. I've heard of them, yes. They, yeah. Not the friendliest people. 130 cities. Well, no, the people are really nice. I've I'm, I'm known tons of Iranians, and they're all good people. It's just that they got taken over by these uh, by these uh, right-wing uh, mullahs, uh, ayatollahs. You know, the, what happened is you got all these uh, hillbilly kids that are ultra-conservative Muslims, and uh, they get recruited, got recruited into this uprising, you know, this revolution back in the 1970s. And of course, they're the basis of the army now. So guess what? They got 130 cities that are rioting and protesting. Guess what they were doing it over? What? Some some woman didn't have her, what is it, hijab on the right way, or she wasn't wearing it right. And so the, the, you know, the police rousted her and arrested her. And people are up in arms, Ken. You know, they don't want all this... uh, Islamic fundamentalism, the majority of people in, in, in Iran. I mean, they don't want to drink beer and watch football, soccer. And, uh, you know, they don't want to run around with headgear on and have people beating on them like they do in Afghanistan. 
So uh, they've got a big a big riot going on in, in there. They're burning things and burning down buildings and, and fighting the police and chanting and looks like fun. I think I might fly <laughs> out and jump in. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget the weenies, the hot dogs, because uh, you got a damn uh, you got a fire going there. So, well, it sounds like maybe the beginning of a revolution. Yeah, well. Who knows? I mean, you got the Revolutionary Guard, and those people don't have guns. They were never gun-carrying people, so I don't know how they're going to do it if they do it. They'll have to get some of the military to come over with them. You've got to get the generals on your side. Or something like You've that. got to get the yeah. generals on your side, and uh, that's why uh, Biden's putting in all the Democrats he can into the hierarchy of the military. <laughs> no well. So the um, meanwhile, back in in the Ukraine, Russians are they're bombing the dams now. They've bombed out all the power plants, and now they're going after the dams. Uh, I I think they're trying to destroy the whole country, Ken. I don't think they like the Ukrainians. At least the the elite in Moscow don't. It doesn't seem to be. Uh, what 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 good is a country that they bombed out though? I mean, what would they what would they want with it? I know they, they want the sea. They want they want the uh, they want they the grain. They want the Black Sea, and and Putin and some of the oligarchs, they want to restore the old Soviet empire, uh, the old Soviet Union, because they had a lot more taxes coming in, and they could do a lot more. I mean, their military was stronger, and uh, their their space program was, uh, was beefier and better, and they're not doing that now. Uh, so, of course, they, they like power, and it's not just the communists. I mean, this goes all the way back to... Ivan uh, the first and uh, all the terrible czars over the years, they had been expanding since they settled Muscovy in what, 950 AD. So for over a thousand years, they had been expanding that country and it is huge. It is huge. It spans what? 12 time zones or yeah, something well, like that. How much more room do they need? And it's mostly empty land. I mean, you know, it's frozen tundra. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, you know, why don't you just be happy with what you got? I exactly. Mean, that's what I tell the I mean, Once we got to the West Coast, we didn't try to expand up into Canada and down to Mexico. Well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> we nibbled a little bit. A little, yeah, in Mexico, we nibbled a little bit. Yeah. There wasn't anything there. You know, the what we got after the Mexican-American War was almost as big as the uh, Louisiana Purchase. Yeah, but it was desert. It was mostly desert, yeah. Although they did have Palm Springs, which well, that's was, nice. Yeah. We got that, so we got Palm Springs, and we got the San Diego Zoo, of course, which is that's all, all very worthy of the war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we fought the Mexican American War for the, the the San Diego Zoo, which was a concept at that time, um, in uh, I don't know Comstock or somebody's mind out there. At any rate, so the the Russians are bombing. Uh, the dams, they're, they're trying to destroy the whole Ukrainian infrastructure, and uh, Russian boys are fleeing, they're trying to get out of the country. And you know, the, in Mongolia, uh, the Siberian part of Russia, which is next to Mongolia, they're, they're largely um, Mongolians. And uh, of course, they've been, ethnically, they've been kind of dissed over the decades and centuries. And so when the uh, when the government's Russian government's looking for troops, guess where they go first? And they start drafting the the, the uh, Mongolian Russians, and so they're all fleeing into Mongolia. Interesting. There's a lot of fleeing going on, and a lot of oligarchs falling. Have you noticed that? Yep. 
That one fell down the steps a couple days ago, killed him. Yep. Lots of accidents yep. going on with yep. oligarchs these days. And even even one of the most staunchly pro-Kremlin uh, newspapers, the state-run RT News Channel, expressed anger on Sunday that uh, enlistment officers were sending call-up papers to the wrong man. <laughs> so they're, they don't even know where they're sending their documents and who they're calling up. They, they're, you know, they're calling up 45-year-old guys who are uh, not in the draft age anymore. So this is the first mobilization since World War II. Can you believe that that little country, that little pipsqueak of a country, the the Ukraine is? is I, I'm still stunned by it. Yeah, the way they're, they're ho- holding off the Russians is incredible. They're putting them into a tailspin. Yeah, and they, and they got no chance against NATO. The full force of NATO, I don't see it. They would have to go nuclear pretty quickly. Well, I told you about the kid that came back from vacation in Siberia. And he said to his friend, he said, what's going on? I haven't had any news. I was out fishing. And he said, oh, we're at war with NATO. He said, really? He said, well, how many men have we lost? He said, 45,000. Well, any tanks? Yeah, we've lost, you know, 1,500 tanks, probably 500 aircraft, and God knows what else. And he said, what's NATO lost? He said, oh, they haven't shown up yet. (laughs) 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 They're not here yet. That's just us trying to get to deploy everybody. <laughs> I, I I was reading a story the other day that um, the um, forces came across a Russian tank that was brand new, not bombed, not not destroyed in any way, just uh, completely abandoned. They got in, turned the key, and started to use it against the Russians. Why what not? is what 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 kind of training do they have over there in Russia? It's a freebie. Well, the Russian army has never been known for its uh, its great ability. They just throw tons of men at you. That's what they do. They got a little tough during World War II towards the end, but it took them a while to figure it out. I told you about the guy that uh, came in my office years ago. I don't know if I said this on the radio or not. He was a guy who immigrated to, to Canada after World War II. He was a Hungarian. Did I tell you this? I don't think so. Not on the air anyway. So he... Uh, He's an older guy, and I, this was a few years ago. I'm sure he's dead now. But I, I said to him, I said, you're about World War II age. You, you look like you're about the right age to have fought in World War II. So uh, were you in the Army in Hungary? He said, yeah, I was in the Army, and the Hungarians fought with the Germans, and they were at Stalingrad. And the Hungarian Army, when the uh, Russians were surrounding them, they bugged out. And, of course, Hitler told the uh, the German army had had to stay, and the 250,000 uh, men were captured, and I think 5,000 made it back to Germany years later. So they basically killed or marched to death or worked to death a quarter of a million German men. But the Hungarians got out, and so they went back to Hungary, and they were hunkered down there, and then here come the Russians because they started advancing. So they came into Hungary, and guess what they did? They drafted him into the Russian army. So he fought on both sides of the war, too. Really? And he survived. And uh, this, these are stories that I've heard over the decades from people in, uh, in the World War II age era. Um, most of them are gone now. I don't know. We probably have a couple of uh, World War II vets still alive, but it, it's it's getting thinner and thinner. Yeah, they're mostly in their 90s now, I would imagine. So. Yep, yep. Meanwhile, from CNN... Italy poised for hard right leader. 
his country votes in snap elections. So there's this woman that's the leader of a, a conservative party, and uh, Giorgia Maloney, Fratelli d'Italia, uh, Fratelli d'Italia Brothers of Italy party was created. And this woman is Giorgia Maloney, M-E-L-O-N-I. Not a bad looking gal, bleach blonde, uh, but that's okay. We'll take it. And uh, she has f headed up this party, which is ultra conservative. And of course, guess what CNN's calling it? What's that? Neo-Nazi. Neo oh, Neo okay. Yes. Sure, of course. It has its roots in the 20th century neo-fascist movement that emerged after the death of Benito Mussolini, who was the pretty much the father of fascism in the in the tw early 20th century. So, so we've got uh, a highly conservative uh, bloc coming into power in Italy, and I guess the country's tired of taxation, tired of uh, immigration, illegal immigrants coming from North Africa, because, you know, Italy's kind of like Texas. Uh, it's sticking out there, so everybody comes there when they when they come across the Mediterranean to escape North Africa, and they come from all over Africa and the Middle East to try to get away, and they go, uh, they get over to Morocco and Tunisia, and they jump on boats, and uh, across they come, and I'm sure there are cartels that are charging them money to, to drive them across, and then they drop them off in Italy and head back, <clears throat> so the Italians are sick of that. And they're they're tolerant of the EU, and they I think they pretty much want to stay with that and and with the euro, but they want to see some reform there too. So this party is uh, leading that, and of course CNN's painting them as neo-fascist. What's that? What's that make me? Am I neo-fascist, Ken? Oh no, not at all. All right. No. So we're getting close to the end of the show, and uh, I'm looking at the isobar map here. We've got some high-pressure systems coming down through uh, down the Mississippi Valley, and hopefully they will not uh, get down here too fast. Uh, there's a low pressure sitting over the Gulf, uh, right right off of uh, Louisiana and Texas, and that will tend to uh, draw the hurricane away from us and towards the Panhandle. And uh, we, I mean, we don't really wish you any bad luck or harm, Panhandle, but. Uh, if we don't get this storm, that's okay with us. And now we have to think about what we're going to do next. What about Meghan Markle? That's something that we'll have to talk about next week, Ken. I'm worried about the, the, the Prince and, and Meghan. Are you like, really? I don't like what's going on over there, and I miss the Queen already. <laughs> okay. Don't like, the, you don't like Charles? He, he doesn't bother me. I mean, we were born in the same hospital. I think we got mixed up and, and, <laughs> and they took the wrong one home. But uh, you got about 15 seconds if you want to mention the office. The office. We got the bivalent COVID vaccine in now. So come on. We got a couple hundred doses. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. I am Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Thanks for being with me. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Can Care Clinic.